At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we can. Government is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name's Tim, and I'm conservative. Thank you so much for joining us. Come give us a shout-out at uh, libcon.podbean.com. Uh, you can also find both our Twitter feeds. I am at libconmatt, and Tim is at libcontim. Uh, go check out Tim's ministry at facebook.com forward slash that service guy, Lexington. We are recording live together Woo! in the same room for the first time. And it's awesome, and you guys should totally be here, but it's okay that you're not. So I'm obviously a little overly excited. We have lots of fun things to talk about, but in the meantime, how does it feel to be in North Carolina? Do you, do you make all these hand motions when we're not together? Like, is this? Because I don't feel like I'm as animated as you are, which is weird. Because I, I feel like my voice is animated, but you're, there's a lot of gesticulating. Yeah, I do. On your part. <laughs> so we're really close together, so keep your fingers... Over there, <laughs> this I do. is the neutral zone. I, I, not- right? I, I noticed this that is... like the very first during the very first show that we did, I I I, I was like reaching out when I would say a liberal and a conservative walk in the face, <laughs> and I thought that's ridiculous. There's no one here, and then I thought, well, there's no one here, so I can do this, and it's, it doesn't matter. So I do have a one piece of advice. We're not entirely certain how good this is going to sound. So if if this sounds like crap. And you're listening to us for the first time. Go ahead and subscribe and 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 come back and comment on it. Tell us that it sounds like crap, so we can we can have a comment from somebody. That would be exciting. Yes, please. While you're at it, we 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 have had a fantastic first week, sort of out there in the open. We've we've more than doubled our download count. We really appreciate everybody coming out and listening. Please spread the word and uh, show us some love on the iTunes store. And again, even even if we suck. We'd love to hear that too, so we can. Well, yeah, we might listen to. Yeah, you. but still give us five stars. I mean, don't don't cut the star count. You know, totally. Yeah, I mean, you've got to like help us pad our numbers. Anyway, so uh, we are going to. You know, we're just going to talk about a lot of different stuff tonight. It's been sort of a, uh, an interesting couple of days with just a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of small sort of smallish things going on. Uh, we do uh, have uh, WTF and a whole whole bunch of quick hits for you this evening, and uh, we are also going to talk about uh, the letter from the Department of Justice and the Department of Education regarding all of this transgender stuff. We're going to take you back to the bathroom with us because, well, we like you, and we feel like we should all go to the bathroom together. So uh, that's what Obama thinks. That's he agrees with you. That's that's awesome. Well, he is a liberal. He is. And we liberals like to all go to the bathroom together. You didn't know that? <laughs> I mean, this is how we do. I, I didn't realize that that was a thing for all liberals. All right. <laughs> um, well, the, the the first thing we're going to talk about just very briefly is the fact that Tim's sitting here dicking around on Facebook while we do this. Uh, which he's, he's you know, it's, it's totally I'm Googling the Oklahoma abortion law. <laughs> I'm not. There's no Facebook dicking going on. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk very briefly about the, the, the flight in Egypt that has gone down uh, this morning. There really isn't a whole lot out there, and I'm sure CNN is, is totally repeating all of this information at you, so there's, there's not, all, not much point in repeating the fact that they don't know exactly what's going on, at least as of you know, 
nine o'clock Eastern time on May 19th, you know, eventually we'll, we'll, we'll know more assumedly by the time you're listening. But uh, in the meantime, it does, some people are theorizing that this is a terrorist attack. Uh, I, you know, I, I have some thoughts about this sort of rush to judgment on it uh, that has sort of driven me crazy. I, I, I think uh, one Donald J. Trump was, twi- was, was, was tweeting this morning that it was, uh, some sort of terrorist attack uh, at like 8.30 a.m., which seemed a little bit early to me. And then Hillary came right out and said effectively a similar thing a few hours later, but whatever. Uh, I, I, and the only, I, I expect this kind of crap out of Trump. The only thing that, that sort of annoys me is, is in Hillary's case, you'd feel like she'd know better just based on what happened in Benghazi from a standpoint of coming out and saying, you know, it was this or maybe it was that and, you know, maybe, or, you know, was it, was it a video? Was it rebels? Was it puppies? You know, who knows? It, it, it seems like, you know, just come out and say, you know, we don't know what it is yet. Let's wait and, and see how the investigation plays out would have been the wiser move for me on her part. I, I think that's overly critical of, of, of Ms. Clinton. It's, um, it, I mean, what she said was she, she probably, she said it appears that this, that this was a terrorist bomb. And she was just repeating what has, was the general consensus uh, within the media and from the from the experts that it appears that this was a bomb. She wasn't saying this is a bomb. This is what happened. This is what went down. She was saying it appears that this that it was this. And then she she went on to state that you know this highlights our, our need you know the the dangers that are going on, the struggles within the region, and the need for us to act in concert with our allies. That it seemed to me to be a very presidential response. Uh, whereas you know Trump's, while maybe he was highlighting the same thing. Was did not sound in any way, shape, or form presidential. Shocking. Well, yes, I know. because I mean, oh, I, oh my God, he was a presidential. We're oh, all, <laughs> oh my, we're all stunned. <laughs> okay, so for not really nothing else on on Egypt pending further developments, which I'm sure we'll have uh, by the time we do our next show, and we'll have a chance to to get grouchy about whatever it was or wasn't uh, when the time comes. So, uh, although. In the interim, even though none of them were uh, American citizens, obviously our thoughts go out to the families of the uh, the people who were on the plane. It is uh, all of this political nonsense is 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 you know secondary clearly to whatever those families are going through. Well, and one thing that that I didn't realize that I just learned because everyone was talking about this Egyptian plane that went down was the what was worrisome to me was that this came from Paris. Now, granted, it had made a couple of stops earlier. But just that, again, uh, you were having this Paris ter- potential terrorist attack coming out of Paris again, um, which I, I imagine if you're them must be very frustrating considering the, the level of the increase that they've seen in their security. You know, we as Americans have been uh, frustrated and concerned about the, the violations of our privacy and the, some of the perhaps civil rights uh, violations that have gone along with our, our fight against terrorism and Paris and, and France have undergone the, the exact same struggles and to undergo those struggles then just to have yet another attack happen uh, has got to be enormously frustrating for them. Well and, and, and understand you have to assume that in one in one case you have to assume that it originated from Paris at the, which at this stage we don't know. We don't know that it, there, there's two things about it being terrorism that that give me pause. One, a guy on CNN made the point earlier tonight that if this was a bomb, this was at night in the middle of the ocean 
but still near enough to a coastline that there would have been ships. And the kind of explosion that a bomb probably would have caused, even a small one, would likely have been seen for several hundred miles. Uh, and there was no there was no massive fireball. There was no flaming debris. There was uh, nothing of that nature that might... In, and no, no one saw that, um, which they were close enough to a coastline that it's hard to believe that if that happened, no one saw it. That's a pretty big coincidence. That's one. Two... If people are responsible for this kind of thing, they're not usually shy about taking credit for it. So where are they jumping on this saying, yes, this was us, fight the power, you guys suck, blah, blah, blah. You know, as I saw on Twitter, one guy, I thought a very astute statement, said that no one is working harder to prove that this attack, if this was an attack, no one's working harder to prove that it was ISIS than ISIS. I mean, I think that that's fair to an extent, but and, and you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but with the the Russian plane that was destroyed, it was determined that that was a terrorist attack by ISIS, but they didn't take credit for it for a long time, if they ever did. Is that is that right? Am I remembering? Am I misremembering? I, I think so, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. and it was several so years before not. we got confirmation for sure that bin Laden actually was responsible for... Yeah. So, you so, know, for sometimes they rush, so. but sometimes, sometimes not necessarily. So I, I don't know if we can... Mm-hmm. Make that statement, but obviously we're like everyone else right now, just you know, talking heads, making guesses, and and not going to do anything that you can't go listen to on CNN from Aaron Burnett and Anderson Cooper. Who, while we are very attractive people, we are not that attractive. So how does he stay so pretty? <laughs> Moving on. Sorry. What's what's next on our ballot? <laughs> Uh, well, let's let, let's let's talk a little bit about the election. We obviously some nothing, you know. Just it, it's you could say that it's been sort of a difficult week for for Trump with the there was the the tax return thing. There was the publisher the publicist thing where he, I mean, let's face John it, John Miller. He was he's fake. Of course, he was passing himself off as his own publicist. Well, he admitted it a decade ago that it was that it was that it was him. And if and he, he did, who cares? Whatever. Him. And you know, okay, so it's probably coming out that Donald Trump is something of uh, of a sexist and probably a bit of a hound. What? Uh, I, for, I frankly, I'm shocked. I, I never would have thought that anyone that bought a beauty Shocking. pageant for himself would be sexist. So frustrating. I know it's amazing. Who knew? But the only and and uh, we don't do know. a good job of being moderate about Donald Trump. No, this we is don't. Not our. This is no. not our strong suit. No, not at all. But the Fail. only thing about it that the only thing about Trump's week that that struck me is that that I think might actually have some legs, but I don't know is the tax return thing. Because basically every excuse that he's put out there for not releasing his tax returns, the audit, uh, it's not uh, standard procedure, which is crap because it is. The IRS has come right out and said they don't care. So he can release whatever he wants. The judges have come right out and said they don't care. He can release whatever he wants. And yet he still insists that he either doesn't want. And then he came out and basically said it's none of your business. I... Why go through all this song and dance if you ain't got something to hide? And somewhere in there, I feel like it's going to come out, and there may be, there might actually be something in there that at least undercuts part of his argument that he's not worth as much as he is, says he is. Or well, that's going to be the big thing, right? Because he's claiming that he's worth X number of dollars, but as a former business owner, aren't you, when it comes to tax time, 
you want to make it look like you make as little money as possible. So he's got the one extent where he's trying to declare, I'm worth this much, my businesses are this great, see America, it's amazing. But with the taxes, obviously he's been trying to make it look like he makes as little money as possible because he doesn't want to pay taxes. So he's going to have, the moment he releases them, there's going to be an instantaneous difference between what he's saying his stuff is worth and what it appears on paper to be worth. Yeah, yeah. So... I, I, I'm interested to see how that's the only one that I'm interested to see how it plays out because I, I generally don't know and you know the I, I don't know the, I, I think we're very interested in this I don't think anyone who's going to vote for Donald Trump is going to care well but do you think it could have vote could it because I guess that was sort of my next question is that you know we talk about this every time and regardless of what Donald Trump would have you think yes it has become standard procedure for presidential candidates to release their tax returns there's never really anything interesting in them and they don't really sway people one way or the other. And they don't, you know, they eventually everybody makes a big deal about it. No, when are they going to release their tax returns? And eventually somebody comes out and goes, well, here's my tax returns. And the press goes, Oh, well, thank you. And that's the last we hear of them. So, uh, you know, there's a part of me that feels like he's just doing, he's either doing this because he's obtuse. He's got something to hide or he's, you know, going to play a little bit of gamesmanship for a month or so and then release them and everybody will just go, oh. Or maybe in fairness to him, legitimately doesn't feel it's anyone's business. Which would mean that he's being obtuse. That's being obtuse? Yeah, I think okay. so. I think that's being obtuse. I got away. I think that's being obtuse. I got away from the microphone and it fell, you know, we have to, this is weird. If you guys could see us right now, you'd probably think we were morons, but you know, it's... It's okay. We're we're a lot cooler than than we seem. Uh, That's not true. Mitt, yeah, Mitt, uh, Mitt, Mitt, Mittens has been has been trying to recruit a third party candidate, not secretively at all. He has been absent. He has been very clear about this. Pre, yeah, this has been a, a, a it's it's been about as covert as a as a night baseball game in Chicago. Um, he. Uh, but uh, he's given up. Apparently, he's decided that he's been shot down by pretty much everybody, and and he's done. Yeah. Well, no, so, no Republicans going to do that. I, I mean, I, I would have been, I would be pleased to see if if one did come forth because I, I don't subscribe to the, you know, while it may be true that if a the third party candidate who emerges is a Republican, that it will you know hand the election to Hillary Clinton. I, I don't agree with the theory that therefore no one should do it. Uh, if we're faced between you know two evils of either having to vote for Trump or having to vote for Hillary Clinton, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know what, no, I'm not going to choose either one of those evils. I'm going to go with the third party. So you think that perhaps conservatives should give people a, a moral out in that respect? That's one way to phrase it. And a lot of them are already looking. I mean, if, especially amongst my, my Catholic friends, you know, a lot of us are looking hard at Gary Johnson. Uh, is he running? Yeah, he oh yeah, he's in. But the 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 problem there is that libertarians, I mean, they're libertarians. That means they don't want the government involved in anybody's business, and that includes um, you know gay marriage. That includes uh, abortion. Uh, a lot of libertarians are pro-choice, almost from a standpoint of telling the government to butt out. So it's not a it's not a clear cut option for a lot of my Catholic friends. Is the Paul family pro-choice? Rand and, Rand, Rand and Ron. 
Yes. No, 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 no. Pro-life. Pro-life. Okay. Well, Rand is, and I'm assuming Ron Ron is, but I'm not sure. Mm, they, they generally sort of fall into the same... Although, I don't know. I guess Ron was probably a little more hardcore about it than Rand is. Hardcore about what? Being a libertarian. I think that's probably a fair statement. Fair enough. Um, okay, well, uh, moving on. Next up, we, uh, we're going to go on over to the Democrats because that's really about all we got for the Republicans is Trump and Mitt. So uh, enjoy your excitement, conservative America. Uh, the, uh, on the Democrat side, they, they, we did do some voting on Tuesday. But before that happened uh, was this thing in Vegas um, where uh, in, 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 in Nevada, just a, a quick recap, basically the, uh, the, the Nevada Democratic Party was, was having their sort of mini convention where they officially award the delegates. And the way that this went down, personally, I want to preface this by saying that Hillary won Nevada. In the popular vote, Hillary won. And... Uh, the Bernie people were there. There's some weird way where there was a way that some delegates could be awarded at the time of this convention. And Bernie's people were trying to get those delegates awarded to him instead of to Clinton, which would have earned him a few more delegates. Now, the party apparently did some admittedly maybe a little shady stuff to change the rules at the beginning so that that wouldn't be the way those delegates were awarded. Uh, and this angered the Bernie people. There have been conflicting reports about whether or not there was a lot of shouting, maybe some chairs were thrown. It got sort of ugly, a bit of a riot sort of atmosphere. Some people were saying they were fearing for their lives, but more in the, the more important point to me is what happened afterward where you had threatening phone calls, text messages, and things of that nature to party officials. These were verified. They absolutely happened. There are some recordings of them and, and it's, and it's real. And Bernie's response to this, not just his people, but his campaign manager and Jeff Weaver and Sanders himself came out and said, yes, we, we don't, we don't like the violence. We think this is terrible. We disavow it, yada, yada, yada. But effectively they were still trying to screw us out of delegates at the at the convention thing. So first of all, Sanders entire line has been go with what the people say. Well, you know what? The people in Nevada voted for Hillary, whether you like it or not, they did. So if you're going to go with what the people did in Nevada, then you lost. So you shouldn't have gotten those delegates anyway. So that's point number one. And point number two, I don't trust anything before a politician says the word, but which means that he didn't really I mean, yeah, okay, disavowing the violence, but then adding that qualifier at the end, I thought was a was poor form uh, on the Sanders campaign's part. Um, well, considering how much they've jumped on Trump for not unequivocally disavowing, you know, David Duke's endorsement, not unequivocally disavowing the the violent stuff, uh, when something along those lines happens to Sanders' campaign. He should have been very, very certain that he was clearly and unequivocally uh, disavowing the violence. And I think going as far as to, to make a little statement to his supporters saying, look, I appreciate your support, but this is not the way that I want to win the presidency. Uh, and he didn't do that. So just as Trump should have done a better job of saying, you know, unequivocally disavowing, because Trump did later go back and disavow uh, you know david duke's david duke's endorsement uh you know he has made you know 
some sort of, you know, don't want violence. It's not good. Um, but just as he should have done a better job, Sanders should have done a better job as well. Yeah, I, I obviously I wholeheartedly agree. So you know, I mean, I don't know that we necessarily need to spend a whole lot of time on it. You know, we're 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 getting down to it, and even it seems like uh, some of even the the really hardcore liberal media is sort of starting to turn on on Bernie and and make calls for him to get out of the race. I mean, he's he's ma- mathematically he's done. He's 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 almost completely been eliminated. I mean, not. Uh, not 100%, but it's pretty damn close at this point. It would take a it would, it would take a massive sweeping of the of the six six states that are left. Yeah, and one of which at least in New Jersey, he's way way behind. Um, you know, and he's actually still behind in California whether or not he'll stay there, I don't know, but um I you know, I've I've I I can I, at this point I'm going to stick with I've I've continued to I've I've picked on Bernie and his supporters a little bit more than my share. Uh, long before anyone else was doing it over the last three or four months, so I'm going to hold off on saying anything else. But I do think it's it's getting to a point where, uh, you know, for me, once once I, if he wants to stick in through all the contests, that's fine. Honestly, that's what that's what Hillary Clinton did. I think for the most part, he seems to be pivoting in that direction. And if he wants to keep hanging out until you know the first part of June, when every every vote's been cast, which is really what he's saying he'll do now. He's not mm-hmm. saying I'm going to the convention anymore. He's saying I'm going until all the votes are cast. Yeah. So, which I absolutely. Okay, I think that's fine. Right. I mean, good honestly, it's only another that's, couple. That's what weeks. I wish Kasich had done. So. so good for you, Bernie. And I and I appreciate. And in general, I mean, this this last little bit has been a little to a little bit of a blemish. Uh, but in general, I have thoroughly enjoyed his contribution to the campaign. I have, uh, whilst there are certainly plenty of things that he advocates that I disagree with, I I enjoy I've enjoyed what he has brought to the conversation, and I'm glad that he ran. I, I still think, and I know we didn't really talk about this much ahead of time, but I, I think, and I've seen a few articles too, stating that, that this is at least possibly in her head. I think that he's actually a good choice for VP. I'm starting to think that he's a good choice. I really am. Uh, solely based on age, no. Really? Just, just well, on because you've got Hillary Clinton, who ain't, ain't no spring chicken. How old is she? 70? No, she's 67. 67? 68. So, I mean, there is an age factor there, right? So by the time she finishes her second term, should she win and then get reelected, she going to be 76-ish, right? Yeah. Bernie's already what? 74. 80? 74? I keep rounding up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you do. Uh, well, you do that. You've been doing that to I've her been parents for mom. years. Mom's been 70 for five years, and apparently she's only like 68. Sorry, Mom. Um, so solely based on age, I mean, when it, uh, when an older person runs for the vice president, you know, runs for presidency, uh, they need to pick a younger vice president. I, I think is the the general wisdom. Uh, and so, if for no other reason than that, Hillary Clinton does not need to be picking him. How old is Elizabeth Warren? Speaking of possible, she's younger than Hillary. Younger than Hillary. Okay. I want to say she's in her late fifties, maybe early sixties. Okay. So that 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 would be legitimate if you're wanting to pick someone who is on the far left, which I I get where Hillary would be coming from if she did want to go far left, be, because for some reason, which I, I firmly disagree with, she is viewed by many as a a far left candidate, uh, at least re, you know in Republican ranks. Um, Which really couldn't be further from the truth. Really, I, I don't think it could be further from the truth. I, I actually, she, I actually read an article. Center left politician. I actually read an um, article referring to her as a fiscal conservative, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, I, so I, yeah, I, I do, I do probably disagree with that. So um, I, I can see where she might feel the need to 
pick a, a farther left candidate. But at the same time, I, I don't I don't know why he would because you've already won the primary. It's the same issue I had with McCain's choice of Palin. You already won the primary. You already you already survived. Uh, you know the 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 rigors of the the very partisan base, uh, and you made it out. So why would you then tack even farther to the left when you come to the general election when you're trying to garner all the independents? Ordinarily, in a normal election year, when Donald Trump didn't get the Republican nomination, I would agree with you. But the thing is, is that I would say go. I say look at Bernie really hard, based entirely on not on the fact that he is to the far left wing of the party, but to the fact that Bernie beats Trump as badly or better than she does. Very true, and he he inspires and he people. inspires into yeah. and he and he gets the independence up and going. He does. He does get independence. See, I can't argue that. That's true. There are some actual general election reasons why I think Bernie plays. Okay, that's fair. And that's, and, and on, you know, but I mean, the age factor, I suppose, is, is a fair point. Maybe there's going to be some animosity coming out of this. I actually don't know that there will be. I don't, I don't think there will be. There were far you too know, civilized all throughout. They've had a mild, mild bump. I, you know, I feel like Obama, Obama Clinton got way more heated. Between the two of did. them, yes, it did. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, because I think a lot of the bump and uglies that you've been seeing lately has been between their campaigns mm-hmm. more than it's been between them, which yeah. is to be expected. None, none you know? of their debates digressed. Uh, I, I think they were generally, you know, there was a little bit of fire in one of them, but uh, I, no, I, I don't think you're going to see any sort of long-term frac- uh, fractioning. Certainly nothing compared to what's obviously afflicting the Republican Party. Which blows me away. I am I am constantly seeing all these tweets and these articles about how, out of conservative media going, this is it, the split between the Democratic Party is for real. The Democratic Party is fractured beyond repair. There are terrible things happening on the Democratic side. And I'm going, wow, you guys are Republicans. No, yeah, that's a lot Neat. of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, no, that's 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 just us trying to deflect away from what's happening to, in our party. Going to be our, hundred our, years our before they put it back the together. Apart. Not, not the Democrats. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to the votes that happened the other day. Hillary won in Kentucky, uh, although barely uh, by less than a percentage point. Uh, was it less than half of a percentage point? Um, well, it was 2,000 votes. 2,000 votes. Very cl- very close it was in Kentucky. She pretty much ran away with it in 2008, and, and Bernie did a solid job catching up to her. Um, so some interesting things just out of Election Day in Kentucky. One point was that we're going to start – we'll start off with, with, with the Senate race, uh, which involves Senator Rand Paul uh, from Bowling Green, who uh, is Mitch McConnell's – uh, partner, the other, the, currently the other sitting senator in Kentucky, who is up for re-election, was running for president in order to run for president uh, and have it be advantageous to him. He effectively, I, I believe out of his own pocket, uh, agreed to pay for Kentucky to have a Republican, uh, a Republican caucus in March, but then the rest of the Republican elections on Tuesday in May. Turnout was really low on Tuesday, down around 20%, which is awful. And at least in part, the Secretary of State, Allison Lundergan Grimes, pretty blatantly blamed this on Rand Paul, which personally I think is totally fair. Now, who was 20%? Democrats or Republicans? Overall. 
Well, okay, now wait a minute. Uh, okay, as in the Republicans were just bringing down the total, not as in Democrats didn't go vote. But yeah, of but the, the numbers were brought down by, by the, the Republican, Republican, by the Republican okay. turnout because the Republican turnout was so low. Right, Republican turnout was yes. so low. Absolutely, um, it was it was insane. I went to vote and the lady was shocked that I was Republican. She was like, "You're Democrat, Republican? Really? What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is this a game you guys do? Do you try to like guess who's what? And said, no, and then they explained that I was. I mean, I went to vote maybe about four o'clock." And I was one of only a handful of Republicans that they had seen all day. So, and I, I mean, understandably, I mean, I honestly, if we didn't have this podcast, I don't know if I would have bothered to go vote. You know, it was a big debate for me. It was, you know, it was kind of tough to get over there. Uh, and in the end, I pretty much went because I was like, well, I got this podcast now. I can't be a big giant hypocrite who doesn't go to vote. But because, I mean, I'm the. No, the guy who was running against Andy Barr, that was, there was no way he was going to get it. He was, mm -hmm. he. I mean, I don't necessarily like everything about Andy Barr, but this guy was way further to the right than I than I care to see. Did anybody run against Rand Paul? Uh, or yeah. was he running unopposed? No, there was there was there was the, a plethora. But again, I mean, he 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 had it in the bag. You know, no one was going to beat Rand Paul. No one was going to beat Andy Barr. My my vote was not needed, but. I, I made it. Hey, there you go. You still went out and did your thing. So, um, uh, the but I, I don't blame Rand. She can blame Rand Paul all she wants and say, oh, you know, he brought down the turnout. But you know what? I enjoyed going to vote in March. Uh, and I feel like we had a, Kentucky had a good high turnout for the caucus. Uh, and it was nice to feel like my, my vote mattered. So I understand that Rand Paul did it for, uh, you know, mainly personal advantageous reasons but I, I liked it well and let's 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 understand let, let's be clear I, I don't I don't object to the caucus being in March by any stretch of the imagination I just don't really understand why the party split the vote like that why not just move everything I don't have an answer March? for that because that seemed I mean a lot of states do that it's not that big a deal to have the Democrats voting on one day and the Republicans voting on another a lot of uh, th this happens in a lot of cases um and I mean, usually they're a couple weeks apart instead of a couple of months, but you know, it, it, it's, it's done. Certainly. Uh, you know, I think the, I think the objection here is that this was so clearly a self-serving endeavor that it legitimately had, I mean, there was no re no, I mean, I mean, other than maybe, okay, the primaries earlier. So it counts theoretically and that they count now mm -hmm. because they're earlier thing. But that was never the argument he was making. This was an entirely self-serving endeavor, and that's the only thing about it that smells a little funny to me. Well, I mean, yeah, it was an entirely self-serving endeavor, but it wasn't crazy, you know, the idea that you should be able to run for president and for Senate at the same time. This isn't, you know, most other states allow this, from my understanding. So, I mean, it's not like it was weird for, for him to want to be able to do both. Fact, yes, in a lot of states you are, and he was facing a Democratic legislature and a Democratic governor at the time who refused to change the law for him to allow him to do both. They basically made him pick. So uh, obstructionist. I know we're terrible. We really are, just bad, bad people. So on that front of bad, bad people, Rand Paul will be facing against bad, bad Jim Gray, the sitting mayor of Lexington, uh, in his re-election race. 
Um, I'm assuming there's a lot of irony there. I can't imagine. Oh yeah, there's, 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 there's no god. No. Gray. I don't. Okay. The, well, I mean, I don't live in Lexington. What I know of Jim Gray, I like, and I know that he's very well liked as far as I know throughout Lexington. So. Everybody loves Jim Gray. Uh, the, I love Jim Gray. I mean, are you going to vote for him? Man, before Rand Paul ran for president, I, I think it would have pretty much been a lock that I would vote for Jim Gray. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a small business Democrat. You know, this is this is ideal for me. Uh, but I like Rand Paul a lot more now than I did before he ran for president because most of my most of what I got of Rand Paul during his time in the Senate was all of the anti Obamacare stuff. That was that was most of what I got from Rand Paul. And you know, a big thing for me with Kentucky is Eastern Kentucky. That's my, you know, that's my, one of my, that's my primary care. And I didn't feel like I saw him fighting that fight. I felt like this was someone from Western Kentucky who, who didn't really care about the Eastern side of the state. But it, while he was running for president, I got a much better glimpse of him. Uh, and I liked a lot of what I saw. And I feel like we, we need people, we need people like him in our government. Um, so it's, it's going to be tough, but I, I think I'll probably vote for Rand Paul. Because let's be honest, I mean, I'm a Republican, so it, it, I have to really like the Democratic candidate and really dislike the Republican candidate in order to be switched. If it's pretty much a win-win for me, I'm going to go with the Republican. I would totally, if I lived in Kentucky, I wouldn't be voting for Rand Paul. But that's not surprising to anybody. So much like Tim, I have to really like the Republican candidate in order to think about them. So, and I don't really like Rand Paul. In fact, I don't like Rand Paul. So there we go. Uh, but I, I do find one minor amount of irony that I think would be just fantastic would be that if we were to elect an openly gay senator out of Kentucky, I think that would be great. After all of the, after all of this mess with Kim Davis and oh yeah, such, Kim Davis. Such I was things, like, why I is think. that ironic? Lexington's pretty per capita pretty highly we got a, a large population of of um gay people yeah yeah no absolutely and but at the same time I, there there would there is some sort of poetic justice to that were we to were we to elect an openly gay senator after all of that mess i think that would be great but i that's totally secondary to the fact that i like the guy and i think he would do a great job so i mean i think um, it would too let's be let's be clear i mean i, I the senate race in kentucky for me is a win-win and I, i'm happy with whoever gets it Fair enough. Uh, well, while we're on the topic of irony, uh, there are three remaining candidates. There were three effectively uh, valid candidates going into uh, the election on Tuesday in Kentucky. Uh, coal issues are a massive thing in the state of Kentucky. There is one of those three candidates who has a major uh, policy for helping the coal Areas, not the coal industry, but the uh, coal fields in Appalachia. Uh, one major plan to deal with that, uh, and it's Hillary Clinton. It's not Donald Trump, and it's not Bernie Sanders. Uh, however, Hillary Clinton got trounced in eastern Kentucky, lost just about every eastern Kentucky county, and has effectively been told, been, it, it's been said of her uh, by three different policy experts that I saw today, uh, throughout Kentucky that she has absolutely no shot to win the state uh, because of her, quote, positions on coal, uh, which is effectively going back to one statement that was aired all over CNN and the news uh, that left off 
the uh, rest of, of, of the valid point that she made that there were other things that could be done uh, in eastern Kentucky aside from coal uh, to help uh, that area bring itself back. Uh, she's proposed $30 billion uh, for this. Barack Obama had proposed $40 billion at one point. Uh, Obama's plan stalled out in the Senate and never made it, at least in part because Mitch McConnell refused to bring it up for a Well, vote. parts of this stuff went through. Parts of the Power Plus plan, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, part, parts of that Did it? made it through. Parts of it made it through. And a lot of it's included, and there's even more of it included in this new budget that everyone's fighting over. So there, yeah. there's still there's still hope for that. My point is is that the Democrats, for whatever reason, seem to have ceded all of these ideas that they have for doing things to the Republicans, who have said that they don't want to do anything; they just want to bring back coal, which is a pretty good sized lie that's never going to happen. Well, I, I don't think you, you can't. I don't think you can lump all Republicans into that. I mean, Hal Rogers has been a, a steadfast warrior for doing these things he, he's he's the one pushing the reclaim act uh i mean this is so I, I don't think you can lump all republicans into that have have we have certainly mitch mcconnell uh, yeah absolutely not um paul ryan i was dismayed to not i couldn't find anything from him really um but i, I don't think you can lump all republicans into that i think you can lump a lot of the ones that count though for example the senate majority leader yeah i mean i mean absolutely right but i mean he's from louisville what do you want <laughs> he don't care all right uh well we got yeah, but i do want to say in fair like, you know it all goes back to this one statement that she made i mean that's not true she she has been a very she is clearly and proudly uh in favor of the increases in regulations that obama has put forth that have led to the destruction of the coal industry uh, and Obama claims that there, no one's backing away. It's not like the, the Democrats are trying to back away from the idea that Republic that Obama has succeeded uh, in in destroying the coal industry. He's he's proud of this fact. Um, now I don't think he's proud. He's he's not happy about the economic damage that this has done, and he is seeking to try and find a new route for these people to go. Um, but it, it, it's not like she made this one statement. It's completely, it's not, no, she, she wants to get rid of the coal industry, uh, unless, but she does put forth some ideas for, you know, research and development into, into clean coal and these sorts of things. Well, and not just that, but actually into revitaliza revitalization efforts to try to get federal funding to improve the infrastructure down there, to help with getting broadband internet down there, to help with finding new industries to go down into that area, into uh, dealing with mine cleanup and employing people that way, mm -hmm. um, dealing with uh, helping in tourism efforts and uh, getting people jobs that way and bringing new industries down there, mm -hmm. a lot of which has to start with the infrastructure. But my point is, is not so much that of who's right and who's wrong, because to be honest, I think that the coal industry has been dying anyway for years. And I think that really what Obama has done successfully not terribly stealthily but successfully was sort of given a little bit of a nudge down finishing that blow yeah, yeah it, it's and absolutely the fact of the matter is is that the they, they are losing the narrative and to my mind losing the fight because what they want to do i believe is the right thing that needs to be done for eastern kentucky it's the best thing mm -hmm. because not only will it help it's it's not postponing the inevitable mm -hmm. it's hastening it a little bit 
but it's also trying to get a new plan in place as quickly as possible so that the damage that is done is alleviated as quickly as possible. As opposed to, no, 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 it's fine. We're going to just bring the coal industry back, so vote for us. Okay, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. The 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 idea that uh, coal companies have been you know taking care of East Kentucky and that coal is good for East Kentucky. No, coal, coal put you know money money in in some people's pockets, uh, but it, overall, in the end, it's a destructive industry. It's damaging to people's health. It's damaging to the land, and we need to find other ways to go about this. Now, I mean, and. Again, the, uh, the, the struggle is always going to be, well, if these politicians could just talk things out reasonably, then, then you could. But I guess no one's ever going to do that. But, I mean, because the, the proper way to go about things would have been to say, okay, look, you know, we, we, we need to be decreasing coal, right? Because we're Democrats and that's what we want. And because that's what's good for the environment and all of these sorts of things. But we can't hasten the destruction of coal wiping out what little is left of the economy in, in, in Eastern Kentucky and then go about trying to put in um, some new some new money and some new things to try to energize everything. Things should have been, these things should have been done in concert with these slow cuts and these slow increases in regulations and cutting back on coal while this money to try and revitalize the area was already in place and moving forward. And instead, what we've gotten is the complete destruction of coal. And now, whilst everyone is, you know, hurting and, and poor and broke, now they're trying to, to fix things. I, I want to, but when, but when did he originally make those proposals for the Power Plus thing? Wasn't that two, three, four years ago that those initial uh, proposals went in? I honestly couldn't speak to that. I, 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 I got to look that up because, I mean, I, I think it was I at least a couple of years ago. And... It was around, I mean, yeah, he's been doing this steadily throughout his presidency, but I mean, it, it's not like he just recently proposed this. I mean, this is Hillary's proposal we're talking about now, and she's just a candidate, but Obama tried to do a lot of this, and some of it, you're right, I think, he he, he did successfully, yes? Uh, and Hal Rogers, I, I do remember, got through uh, something fairly good. They haven't uh, succeeded yet. No, they haven't succeeded yet. Didn't the, they get the, it through the House? I thought? The, the billion dollar, yeah, I think it's gotten, but it hasn't gotten through everything yet, but it's gotten through the House. But yeah, the billion dollar um, Reclaim Act has not gotten all the way through. Hopefully it will. Yeah, well, get off your butts and do something about it, both of you. I actually don't care if it comes from Democrats or Republicans or whatever, just do something. Absolutely. And the same goes to our Kentucky, our Kentucky Senate, our Kentucky House, and our Kentucky Governor. Eastern Kentucky is an important aspect of our state, and it cannot be ignored. And it's not partisan. It doesn't matter. You can't look at this from a... This is not a game. I mean, that's the thing that that pisses me off about McConnell, is that he seems to look at this as though it's about winning and losing Republicans versus Democrats. It's not. We're caught in the middle. And it's issues like Eastern Kentucky that go by the wayside and lose... Because he's off dicking around playing Game of Thrones or something. Oh, dang it. I was going to say Game of Thrones. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Agreed. All right. Next. Next. Well, you know, I think we're going to have to hold off on the education thing because we're, we're pushing time. Or do you want to talk about the education thing? The we have three kids. We were things. saving this for my WTF. 
So if we're still doing WTF, no, I'm no, no, give no, it. no. I'm talking about the money give... education thing. Oh, the money. I don't want to skip that. Oh, that's up to you. You run the agenda. Uh, you're right. All right. Well, I mean, we got, we, you know, we got like 15 minutes to go, or we can, we can do a really long show tonight. Do you want to do a really? No, long I don't show want to do a really long show tonight. I want to do. do really we keep doing an hour. Let me do my All WTF. Right. I'm ready. Well, then that's where we're. It's at. up on my Twitter we're feed. That one. All right. Time for WTF. Can I go first? Oh, sure. Okay. Because yours is going to lead into the next, the, our concluding topic tonight. Okay. If it might not be a concluding topic. It might get summed up with we disagree. No, quickly. this is very true. All right. Well, we're going to move on to WTF right now. My WTF goes out to Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, for today, uh, declaring that he was committed to fighting the new overtime rule, the, the, uh, the Department of Labor. Uh, is going to raise... Yeah, that's right. Bury your head. Bury it! Bury it! The Department of Labor is going to increase the minimum standard uh, for salaried workers to assist with uh, with the rise in, uh, in, uh, in effectively making it so that if you make less than $47,000 a year, then uh, you have to be paid overtime. This is a, a rule that's changing in the Department of Labor. I've repeated myself like nine times here. And Speaker Ryan has declared that he is committed to fighting the new rule. He doesn't want it to go into place. Bravo, sir, for a new line of attack for saying, hey, here's something that's going to help and don't worry, here come the Republicans to say, no, 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 you can't do that because we don't think it'll help. It's just going to hurt small business. Sing us a new one, Paul. But, you know, whatever you got, buddy, go the hell away. You're probably going to lose this one. It just, I, I, you know, whatever. It's the same old stuff, and it's stupid. Uh, you know, whether or not you think 47000 maybe, okay, maybe that's a little high. You want to come back and say it's a little high, we'll try to bargain it down to 36000 or something. But, you know, don't come out and go, no, 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 we need to keep this exactly as it is because it's working. No, dude, people get screwed constantly by this overtime rule being as low as it is, and it needs to be fixed. The Department of Labor is going to fix it, and here you are coming out going, no, 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 that doesn't need to happen. Shut up. And I'm done. Well, I mean, so that's disappointing for me. I think we just did a show where I talked about the idea that the, the I agree with the overtime rule. I agree with the idea that this is... Um, this is something that gets abused, uh, especially I'm, you know, obviously pretty experienced with the restaurant industry. Uh, this get this gets abused a lot in the restaurant industry, um, and so I, in, in general, I am in favor of it. Um, the one argument that I think he could have made, he doesn't appear to be making, which I, I do get the argument if you wanted to say that this should be done through the legislature, um, through a law, as opposed to another what feels like yet another example of. Um, the executive branch deciding things by reinterpreting laws and adjusting things. So I can see if he was making that argument, I could at least understand, though I may disagree with it, but he doesn't seem to be making that argument. So I, I, I disagree. I don't think that this hurts the very people that it alleges to help. I, I think that overall it's a good. My only rebuttal to that is that I, I think I could be wrong, but I think that the existing thing is not even a law. I think the existing thing is a rule, and they're just changing the existing rule. Okay, maybe I don't. I, I believe. I, don't I, I think that's the way it is, but I'd, I'd have to research that to confirm it. But I'm pretty sure that's the deal. Uh, and just you know, it's it's House Republicans doing House Republican shit, and I'm tired of it. So anyway. Uh, we're going to move on to the to Tim's WTF, which is going to lead us into our next topic. So I, I, I cede the floor to my brother. Uh, I give a pretty emphatic WTF to President Obama 
uh, for the Department of Education and Department of Justice new ruling uh, on how they're going to read Title IX and the declaration that uh, gender identity is the same as sex and that a um, any student who declares himself to be whatever gender they like, uh, they must therefore be treated as that sex uh, for the sake of Title IX and the federal funding that comes along with it. So this entails uh, using of, of restrooms. So now males are biologically male females. So transgendered, I get confused, are now allowed into if the If you're looking at me restrooms. to help you out with this one, I'm not. It does. So. It gets confusing. Um, they are now allowed in the women's restrooms and, the, and, and vice versa. Same holds true for locker rooms. Same holds true for overnight accommodations. So they go, they go on a class field trip. They stay, you know, the standard thing. You got two, two queen beds. Uh, now the transgendered male goes to sleep in the same bed as a female and vice versa. Uh, and then the only thing that's a little, I don't understand the language. It seems to me that now a, a transgendered male, so someone who is a female, who is declaring themselves, no, someone, well, both sides, but the where it gets dangerous, I think, is that a male who declares himself female is now entitled to play female sports, which I think that this raises, see, yeah, yeah, I see the face. This, this raises serious concerns. So now, because you've got female boxing, this is a thing, you do female boxing. So now a male is allowed to do female boxing. Personally, I think that's dangerous. And I think that, I, I think, and I never want it with all of the fighting and arguing, we have to remember that these are kids, both the, the transgendered and the non-transgendered. So when this is a, it's a very nuanced discussion and it has to be, you know, it has to be taken part in and done in a way that's that's trying to respect and, and care for uh, the, these kids who are going through a, a very serious struggle and uh, these sorts of sweeping actions by the executive don't help anything this doesn't allow for a constructive debate it just forces the issue boom done uh so i i declare wtf president obama and i'll admit it's a little personal for me because as a conservative as a republican i have done a lot of defending of president obama I have spoken very highly of him in repeated occasions. And while I do strongly disagree with it, it doesn't change the fact that I think that overall he has been a very good president and I will still be sad to see him go. But it, 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 it was, it's a little personal for me uh, because of how highly I've spoken of him in the past. And I, I hate it because I feel like he's just proved all of my uh, uber conservative friends right. And I firmly 100% disagree. What was with the face with the athletics? I saw the face. Well, the athletics thing, that's that one. I didn't re recognize the athletics thing. That's a little, I guess in places, that's a little shady. I mean, I don't I don't know that, you know, I mean, dude, has that been a thing? I wonder if that's happened. Has a, has a, has a guy tried to, tried to join the women's basketball team yet? I mean, that I don't know. One, how can that be fair? Exactly. I, mean, I don't know about that one, but. Fairness I mean, that, and safety-wise. I mean, well, okay. Is there really women's boxing at the high school level? 
competitively. I believe. I mean, I could be wrong on this. There's female lacrosse. That don't seem safe. Okay. So, man. And the shared bedrooms? Shared bedrooms are an overnight thing. You are now going to make this 14-year-old girl sleep with a 14-year-old boy. And I misread the law. I, I thought earlier that he had said that it, the, the, if the student and the parent said, no, 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 just the student. So any, any ridiculous teenager, because you know they're going to do it because they're teenagers, who declares, oh, oh, but no, I'm Mr. Principal, I'm, tra- I'm transgendered. No, I, I think I'm a girl. I think I'm a girl. I get to go sleep with, with them now. I'm I'm not saying that there don't need to be measures put in place to combat that one because yeah definitely I mean teenage boys do stupid that's teenage- the law that's what he has said that the the student gets to decide and there can be no medical examination there can be no psychological nothing there can be no debating it you have to trust the student you yelled first All right. <laughs> First of all, it's not a law. It's an interpretation of an existing law. Double WTF to every Republican just like you who's out there overreacting and sitting there looking at go, oh my God, it's the imperial president making imperial laws, doing the imperial things, passing things from the executive and overreaching and blah, 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 blah. Bull. And I didn't say bullshit. Because we're not cursing. But it's still bull. Because it's not a law. It's an interpretation of a law. It is a department looking at Title IX, which is the law. The letter is a reading of said law advising school boards and schools and educators. Requiring. Advising. (laughs) Because it's an advisement letter advising them this is how we think the law should be interpreted and we think that we can allocate funding accordingly based on whether or not you're following the law to our reading. You are welcome to object through the judicial system, which is why we have all of these systems in place. They haven't actually taken funding away from anybody yet and they haven't actually even said that they will. They said in the letter, it says several times, could, could, doesn't say will, says could. This is, and even if it does say will, if you go in and find the word will I was about in to there, say, you made this point will. a lot with this could thing. I just reread it. I don't remember seeing all of these coulds. Even if you go back in there and find them, it doesn't mean that they've done it yet. They didn't rewrite a law. They interpreted a law. This is their reading of it. It's a liberal administration looking at a law and interpreting it liberally. whoop de friggin do This is what they do. This is liberal people doing liberal shit. And that's the, that's the end of it. They haven't actually done anything yet. And it's not a law. Period. You may speak. <laughs> well, I mean, there's I mean, everything I said before. So I, we, 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 we greatly disagree on the ramifications of this law. 
reading of, interpretation of said law, changing of the law, however you want to phrase it. So I, I, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, thank you, Forrest. I, well, you know what? We've already beat each up of each yeah, other. Now we have time for so education. So let's go on to education. I'm excited. What are we gonna do? The education, the, educa- thing. the funding thing, Bevan, and all. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about the. I mean, and any nothing else to say about that? No, I mean, there's nothing else to say. Uh, he's done it. He's he's swept in. And so I've said my piece. That's what I think. And there's nothing left for us to do except for trust in uh, our state governments and state education systems to stand up against it. Well, no, but that's okay. But that's what that's not what they should do. What they should do is come back and pass legislation because this, this that's the that's they the can't other pass point. legislation yes, in defiance of the federal law, Title Nine. Federal law trumps state law. I, there's no other word for it than Trump. Like I can't. That's just that's just the word. You remember that whole thing where we weren't going to interrupt each other and all that other stuff? I know about the one. I know about this thing. You're really heated and really upset, but just bear with me for a second. I'm trying to offer something legitimate here. Go for it. The fact of the matter is, is that I believe if I understand the process correctly, they can still offer some kind of legislation to change Title IX to find proper ways to define this kind of thing. And the more important thing, the more important aspect of it to me is that you say. And frankly, an awful lot of conservatives come back and say that these are conversations that need to be had with love and they need to be had with understanding. And about half of them, what they actually mean is we need to have these conversations until y'all agree with us and that this is a religious thing and we're going to keep playing the religion card until you understand. So that to me is a little bit pushing the issue as well. It's not a matter of if we're going to actually approach this from a quote, loving level and understanding level, then where is the compromise point? We'll leave what Obama just did out of the picture. Forget it for a second. Assume that that assume that 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 John Kasich is going to walk in and and steal the Republican nomination from Trump, <laughs> beat the crap out of Hillary Clinton in the fall and become the president and override everything that just happened with Title IX and, and Obama. Let's pretend that that happens. And you want to find some kind of compromise point on this so that it is not a civil rights issue, that it's been absolutely legislated correctly. Where is it? Where do you say that someone who is under 18, who genuinely identifies as a, as the opposite gender, has any rights at all to behave accordingly to what they believe they are? And is there any room for that? You want to approach this with love and respect for them, or do you want to stand there and just go, no, our love and respect only extends so far? Of course not. Then where's your where is your compromise point? Well, I think Where's, that we, where, where I, is I the, where that, is this middle ground that we can get to? Well, I, I think we have to accept the fact that from that wall, you know, I may disagree with it uh, from a, a moral standpoint and from a natural law standpoint, and the way that the, these things should be handled, that the way that the world is, uh, you know, maybe there needs to be some accepting the fact that in within a, a free society where people are free to make make their choices, uh, we need we need to reevaluate the way that we handle. Um, a lot of these situ- way these situations are handled in the way that our schools are set up from a, a shared restroom standpoint, from a shared uh, 
uh, locker locker room standpoint. Um, you know, maybe we maybe we see ourselves going away from having uh, you know male bathrooms and female bathrooms, and maybe everything becomes you know private stalls and, and unisex. You know, we get away from which a lot of students are kind of doing on their own because they don't want to shower in front of each other. Uh, you know, communal showers for boys and communal showers for girls, and moving towards uh, you know more private segregated areas. You know locker rooms that have uh you know it's one big group locker area with several private stalls where you can go to actually change your clothes and do all that sorts of stuff um i I think that there are ways in which you can you can do that so that's what i think you know i mean that's that's fair yeah so you, but I mean, and there's but, lots of Republicans but, who agree with me. But you've made the point several times that no, I'm not comfortable with the idea that that my you have a daughter that my daughter would be in a bathroom where a guy was also changing his clothes, be they transgendered or not. And well, changing clothes thing. in front of each other. But if it's one big locker room where you've got all of your stuff, and when it's time for you to change clothes, you go into a little private stall to change your clothes. Done. This seems legitimate. I'm thinking of one large area, right, where you've got all your lockers and all your stuff, and when it's time for you to change out, you slip you slip into one of the private stalls. Okay, that's fair. So, so you would be comfortable with legislation that 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 required that sort of yeah communal area in public schools? Yeah, because that's one way. You have to understand that that's one way around it. You know, I, I do understand, that is, and that's what that, that, some... Well, but that's one way around t- this Title IX ruling. Agreed. In that if you... You can get... No, it, no, but he doesn't... They don't leave that open in the Title IX. They don't... At least in the letter, they do not include that sort of statement where they leave it leave schools the room to make those sorts of adjustments. No, but I'm sure in that if you had... If, if their interpretation of Title IX was that... Men must be allowed in the women's bathrooms. Women must be allowed in the men's bathrooms if they identify as said gender locker rooms, etc. If you just did away with men's and women's rooms. Okay, that's true. Because it does, what it says is that if you have a female room, then the transgendered male has to be allowed into that female room. But if you just got rid of that, then it wouldn't be an issue. So yeah, correct. You could, so you could if North Carolina that. came back and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to completely, we're going to say, all right, this is the standard by which all of North Carolina public schools must have their bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Put up doors, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would work. Take but that also, out of the I, picture. Instead of coming back with the sweeping legislation that, that uh, and, and also rewriting several other laws in the process that North Carolina put out there. So exactly, I, I think that there are there are ways that this can be done, but I I don't think that what he did was was productive towards those conversations. I don't know, but what if but, this what if this forces them to do? You know, I I still don't think you can make that argument. But okay. you know, what are you going to do? Fair so enough. we are we are we, as you as you said agreeing to disagree. However, if you are a listener, here is here is one question that I have that neither one of us was able to figure out is I want to know when bathrooms period. Public, private, schools, not schools, restaurants, bars, whatever. When did bathrooms become a matter of law at all? Has it ever been a law? 
that men's rooms had to be women's rooms and all this other stuff because that's what that's what scares me about what North Carolina did is that they opened up this sort of Pandora's box to being able to be prosecuted for hopping into the men's and women's rooms. I was telling him a story the other day that I stopped at a, I stopped at a Starbucks uh, while I was traveling from our parents' house back home here to Durham. And uh, when I, I pulled in the parking lot, had to use the bathroom, didn't go through the drive-thru, went in, did my business, came out, and there was a line out the door to get into the women's room. And uh, as I'm walking out of the men's room where there was no one in line, there, this woman looked right at me. We had this little moment, and she kind of shrugged her shoulders as if to say, fuck it, and went into the men's room. So did she break the law then in North Carolina by doing that? And if she did, why? This is just, it's mind-blowing to me, and I want to know why bathrooms and laws and men and women, and it's just stupid. So, anyway, moving on to, honestly, I think we're done. No. Yeah. Oh, we don't even get, oh, no, no education. We're in no, do you want to do, no, no we didn't get to either one. Do you want to do one of them? What? You can pick one. We'll do one. It's another 10 minutes. Who cares? These people love us. They do. You love us. No, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save them for next time. We'll no, no, no. The time. abortion thing was pretty good, though. That's, no. You know what? You want to hang on to that? Yeah, we'll hang on to it. All right, we'll all do right. that next time. So, all right, well, we got to wrap it up. Tim's going to take us out with something cool. Pope Francis, my man, said, When God comes, he always calls us out of our house. We are visited so that we can visit others. We are encountered so as to encounter others. We receive love in order to give love. Something cool. Very cool. I could not possibly agree more. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check us out, libcon.podbean.com. Follow us on Twitter at libconmat at libcontim. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your night.